Hi everyone, a happy new year from all at Unleashed Cast. We've got a packed schedule of conversations to bring to you this year. This first one is me talking to Mark Burrows. He is Head of Global Mobility Services at KPMG. Now we spoke this time about a year ago about their Global Assignment Policies and Practices Report, which is about talent mobility. We're doing the same thing this year, one year on, to see what has changed for good, for bad, for different in the world of hybrid and remote working and of course talent all around the world. It's a great way to kick off 2023. There's so much more to come. This is the first of our conversations on the podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Here's my conversation with Mark. First of all, Mark, tell us what this is all about. Thanks, John. And um, the Global Assignment Policies and Practices Survey is something we've been running for a number of years. And the idea behind it is really that uh, we want to make sure we have our finger on the pulse of the things that are um, changing within the mobility landscape, the things that are top of mind for um, for leaders in global mobility around the world. And we, we've we um, surveyed this year 375 professionals um, from across 25 different countries. And looking from that to really draw out some of the themes um, coming through in what has been a um, quite a, a period of significant change within mobility um, uh, off the back of a few years of quite significant change in mobility before. Yes, for sure. I mean, you know, the last two, three years have, have seen dramatic changes and this last 12 months is uh, the same in that respect. Um, so we talked last year um, after the report from 2021, um, we're talking about the results uh, this year, which we will get into. But very uh, briefly, between the two, do you think um, it's been a good year? Have you seen positive change in terms of what you were talking about, your findings from 2021, and now what you've kind of uncovered from this year? It's been a really positive year, John. Um, a, a year when much of the world uh, reopened and and discovered a, a, a dramatic reduction in restrictions um, on people moving cross border for their um for their jobs in all the various forms that that might take, whether it be uh, you know permanent relocations to a, another country through all the traditional assignment types right into uh, business travel and remote work. So I think a very positive change in terms of um, the freedom companies uh, had available to them to get the right talent to the right places. And also importantly, the freedom for um, the talent themselves to explore their career options um, without the, uh, the the pandemic related um, barriers or fences to, uh, to their mobility. There's also been a, a sort of a, a release of a backlog of um, a lot of traditional mobility moves um, that's taken place this year. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of key moves that have been either important to the company or important to individual talent that have been on hold through 2020, 2021. And so this year has sort of seen a sort of an unleash, if you like, of the uh, of the um, the backlog of the, the pool of people that have been waiting for the right opportunity, the right borders to open up, the right permissions to come through. Um, when we spoke before, uh, the the sort of the structure, I guess, of the interview, the things that I pulled out were around data and more specifically automation and kind of making uh, processes more efficient by using uh, automation and data and tech. Um, DE and I and um, 
ESG, environmental, social and governance goals. Um, those things specifically, have you seen important moves there? Is the survey this year kind of giving us better feedback than last? Absolutely. And, and interestingly, the, um, the there's a direct read across to the outcomes or the um, the themes that have come out of KPMG's CEO Outlook survey this year. Um, the, the, those three themes, digitization, automation, data, um, uh, DE&I and, and ESG have, have really had strong importance through that CEO Outlook survey also. Within mobility, a lot of the... Um, a lot of the conversation or a lot of the development in those three areas has you, you could attach to this theme of um, increased and expanded employee flexibility and both the, the demand for flexibility from talent um, or exploring new options utilizing flexibility from employers and with that um, comes a a, a scaling of, of demand on mobility teams like we haven't seen before. As you expand across all the various types of, of uh, international or cross-border mobility, um, including much more employee-driven remote work type discussions, those demands are not being met with significant increases in headcount in most organizations. And so the answer to that capacity challenge or that, uh, that need for dramatically increased output from mobility teams is technology, better use of data, better use of automation. On the on the benefit side of some of those changes, um, the more progressive mobility organizations are looking at uh, a, new, a whole new range of opportunities that are, that are exposed uh, as a result of more flexibility being considered in the employee-employer relationship. Um, DE and I, you mentioned, um, starting to look at uh, international experience or um, cross-cultural experience or cross-departmental experience um, almost as a, as a package, almost like as a, you know, a badge or a gamification of experience and, and developmental um, assets for your, your talent base, um, exploring how you can, you can get international experience um, to more of your talent around the world without the needing always to be a traditional um, physical move from one location to another or long-term move from one location to another. And that's really opened up possibilities, whether it be um, uh, looking at providing experience to um, protected categories within an organization um, that the data has shown uh, a higher tendency to self-select out of a process for an international move um, or those where um, there are certain political restrictions in certain uh, jurisdictions that might make uh, make a move difficult, uh, and and so on. But the 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 the, the expanded range of um, virtual experiences, or what virtual international experiences can bring people, is an area of of great um, great interest and great excitement. And for me, I feel like it's an area where we can start to unlock solutions to some of the age old mobility problems, like for example the challenge of uh, dual career households where there's a there's a need for a person to physically move to another location within that household to uh, fulfill their potential and to to um to get the best talent to the best place for their employer remote work could for example uh, or flexible working could for example provide a solution for the uh, the other partner within that relationship to continue to develop their career without um 
without the need for significant sacrifice. Let's talk about um, remote work a little bit more, actually. So from the key findings in the 2021 report, it said work from anywhere continued into 2021 brackets and may be here to stay may be here to stay and then and uh, 2022 report uh, i think the wording was the remote work experiment continued into 2022 brackets but selectively does this mean um from your findings that you've seen a kind of a, a reversal now where companies are doing it less or they're going more towards hybrid or what what's the data saying essentially the um the indications john are not that there's a reversal, but there's a maturing in the conversation. We're effectively three years on into this disruption now, and we've sort of evolved through that journey from a um, from a sort of highly reactive uh, crisis initiated 2020 into a um, almost like a temporary holding period in 2021, where we didn't know what the world might look like, whether talent was interested in long term flexibility. Um, in 2022, um, we've emerged from widespread restrictions on travel, um, widespread barriers to entry in countries to a much more open world. Um, we've also realized that the demand for flexibility from the talent market is here to stay. And on top of that, many organizations have put in place some form of uh, cross-border remote working policy or work from anywhere policy um, now have 12 to 18 months of um, of lived experience to draw from in terms of how that's working and um, and how they might select a longer term um, approach to flexible working that they can introduce um, with a bit more certainty to their um, to their population. Um, there's also some lived experience around how you uh, manage those processes from a from a, a volume perspective, from a technology standpoint, the way you manage data, and uh, and that leads into the governance and risk and compliance element of it, where employers are want, wanting to make sure that whatever flexibility they offer, they're doing so in a way that doesn't unnecessarily expose the company, and that they're confident that they are doing the right thing from a governance standpoint. So I think the conversation has moved towards um, what do we do now in a more um, long-term mature outlook, recognizing that the world is still not a stable place and that the volatility that has brought us to to embracing these kinds of flexibility, whether that, whether that be um, medical and health or geopolitical, um, that those destabilizing challenging factors are, are still with us and um, and the experts are predicting that those factors will be here for some time to come. Yeah, I think it's safe to say um... There'll, there'll be there's more instability to come but um like you say we definitely we've definitely matured in our outlook and i guess we've got more data and we've got more experience behind us about how these things are working so obviously we it's do gonna, it's going to get better there's um, been some, there've been some fascinating experiences to draw on that i might just share here if that's all right john and one of the one of the the topics that we've spent a lot of time with companies on over the past year or two is when considering what your your work from anywhere or remote work policy might look like um, in res in relation to cross border, there's a, there's a big sort of how will we handle 
the the floodgates opening on this policy what will the how will we deal with the 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 um impact on sort of capacity of resources to manage it the technology demands to run it the compliance requirements to make sure that we have good governance in place and we are appropriately in uh in sync with local laws on corporate tax payroll income tax pensions employment law what have you um some of the um, companies that have been first movers on on settled and communicated remote work policies have found that on the one hand uh employee sentiment when surveyed on what they think of the availability of this cross-border remote work policy is very, very high. Um, a real winner with, with uh, their people. On the other hand, the take-up in certain companies with that positive sentiment has been quite low. Um, so it, it's an interesting dynamic in the talent market where flexibility being available is seen as a real asset, a real attractive benefit. Um, on the other hand, it doesn't necessarily mean that um, employees are taking it every chance they get. That was a, an interesting sort of um, learning, having lived a live policy for uh, for about 18 months now with one, one major employer that I'm thinking of, but a number of others have experienced a similar experience. On the other hand, it's something where we don't have a widespread data set across all sectors of the economy just yet, and it's possible that that experience is um, is relevant to um, to particular sectors uh, with particular profiles and uh, and maybe may turn out differently in other um, parts of the market. I've got one last question, and it's around mobility, but a slightly different mobility question is so. There's obviously the idea of work from anywhere and that aspect of talent mobility, but also kind of internally with teams moving or personnel between teams moving and reskilling themselves. This has come out as a very strong topic and and theme from this year, from stories we've heard from people and the conversations we've had at our events. Is that something that you found as well, that kind of the, you know, internal mobility and the the, the idea of reskilling and upskilling is is has become increasingly more important? It, it has, and it's a, it's a function of some of these other changes within the mobility market. One could argue this was a trend that was coming um, right through into the end of 2019, as the sort of the 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 proportion of the different types of um, mobility that that mobility teams were having to to manage and take responsibility for was was changing. Um, less long-term traditional uh, assignments in proportion to commuters, multi-country roles, um, matrix roles, business travelers, et cetera. And the last three years have just um, accelerated that and made the, the diversity of types of mobility scenarios and challenges and issues that those teams need to face even greater and expanding across a, a far greater cross-section of a company's employee base. Um, so with that, that expansion of the types of scenarios has also come um, an increase in the uh, unpredictability. Um, so less predictability of the scenarios that will come forward, different solutions, different policies, different processes, different technology required to manage this mobility operation. So with all of that, it's a, it's been a, it's been a, a clear indicator to leaders in this space that the skills they need 
um, and the, the profile and structure of the teams around them needs to be rethought. Um, and that's, uh, that's happening alongside these conversations around what will our long-term uh, remote worker work from anywhere policy might be, uh, what will that, um, what would the operational responsibilities and policy responsibilities be for the mobility function within that organization in relation to that greatly expanded cross-section of the uh, the employee base that that will land on their lap, so to speak. Um, the other thing that's, uh, that's, that's happening even within the traditional space, John, is that uh, more than 70% of um, those surveyed talked about uh, more flexibility in their traditional assignment policies. So um, 50, 52% were, were talking about the introduction of um, core flex policies, um, others looking at um, points-based and cafeteria type, type uh, plans. All of these policies are designed to give the employee more choice, more personalization, more influence on what that mobility experience looks like for them. And all of those things come with more variety in, in, in the uh, scenarios and personas that a mobility function has to manage. Well, yeah, Mark, thanks so much for your time. Let's definitely talk again in another 12 months and see where the 2023 report has, has taken us then. But for now, I uh, really appreciate you talking to Unleashcast and uh, speak to you very soon. Thanks, John. I look forward to it. Thanks for listening to Unleashcast today. If you made it this far, then there's a very special offer just for you. That's a discount on the entry price to our upcoming show, Unleash America, taking place at Caesars Forum on April 26th, 27th, 2023. When you get to check out, type in the code POD10, that's POD10, and receive a 10% discount on the ticket price. There's amazing speakers at Unleash America this year. We've got Estee Lauder, we've got Coca-Cola, we've got McDonald's, Elliot Maisie speaking, Visa Card, a collection of some of the best thought leaders in the entire world, all coming together in one place, that's Caesars Forum for Unleash America this April. So, that code again, when you go to checkout, type in POD10 to receive 10% discount on the ticket price. Don't miss out, we'll see you in Vegas.